It's uh, a little shy of 10 minutes past 7 p.m. You're tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We go into our wrap of the top business stories. And uh, Makwe Masilela joins me this evening. He's the founder and chief investment officer at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, what's it? It's sweet, David, my auntie, and good evening to your listeners. Nandi Masweet. Nandi Masweet, Makwe. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Makwe, I want us to uh, start off with that green paper. Uh, that uh, I guess effectively uh, is trying to put the nuts and bolts into what is called the National Social Security Fund. Uh, there's quite a bit to this. Uh, so let's maybe unpack, I guess, your understanding of uh, what, what is it that government is trying to achieve here? And more importantly, what is it going to mean for the retirement funds industry? You know, I think the long and short of it is to have a national uh, security fund so that we know that the government, as we know, that people are getting grants, they're getting people are getting pensions, but some of us don't contribute. We just contribute to the private sector pension fund. So they want to have an all-inclusive that at least max should be 12% contribution, that we all contribute towards that mm. particular fund. And those guys who don't, uh, I think the guys who are earning less than 22000 per annum, the government will subsidize them. And I think the intention here is to try to kill this whole thing of people feeling very poor or the rich as well, feeling that they're the only ones, you know, who continue to subsidize the poor. So they're trying to strike that balance, which is still tricky, I had truth be told, because I think now it's a question of the government is putting another burden on the fiscal because they have to put in money mm -hmm. because that fund also it has to be state managed, which I think is a problem as well. I don't think that anyone wants to give their money to the state to manage on their behalf. So it's still going to be a very long way to go for us to get to that part. And now at the same time, Mr. Government is like kind of directly competing with their the private retirement fund because other people are contributing towards that and they are happy with what they are contributing and whatever returns they get getting from those private funds. Mm. But I guess the, the other question is around those who might not have the capacity to contribute. There's, there's an implied, I guess, cross-subsidization or solidarity model that's being spoken of here. Yeah, but you see, that's, thing, that's another liability that the government is taking because government has to subsidize those ones. So now the fiscal, as much as we know that it's not doing that good, now the government is getting involved to make sure that at least people don't just have a, a grant or some pension or whatever we want to call it at some point, but they have something more decent which is, should be above the living conditions or the average living wage. But the question here is, is this the way to deal with issues to address poverty? Is this the way to address the issue that mm. the less fortunate don't continue to feel less fortunate and we may be supposed to come up with something? Mm -hmm. And, Mark, I mean, let's maybe, I guess, take a look at some of these issues in turn. There's also the issue of the universal income grant that is also proposed as part of uh, you know, some of these mooted changes. Um, and the idea, I guess, is to um, try and claw back some of the uh, uh, payments that might go to the richer among us uh, through the tax mechanism. What do you make of the suggestion, I guess, of using SARS's administrative capacity to do this? 
First, number one, it's got better capacity compared to your social development department. And uh, moving away from the issue of the test, the, the means test. And first, and then it's going to be a very easy one to administrate from the uh, revenue services from South side. But the question is, Still, it doesn't make it the right thing to do. It might be easy for them to do it, and there'll be even less exclusions, you know, when it comes to that. But as much as it can be easier for us to be able to do that with the capacity that we are having, but still doesn't make it the right measure. Mm. And your views, Margaret, means I, test versus... Yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry. Remember, I, I mean, the government has to still remember... Their responsibility is to create an environment where people can create jobs, where business can flourish, where people can feel that they'll be able to achieve whatever they want to achieve because the environment is conducive. It's not for the government to take that burden because if we take that burden and the economy is not mm. growing, there's no way they will continue to afford all these things. So they should at least be starting at the point where they do things that will help the economy to grow. And we know that if the economy grows, it means people will have different jobs. People will have sustainable jobs. People will be not relying on government. We don't want people to be relying on you, you know, as government. And also you are digging into your pocket. And they must not get confused with how good they've done with the money of the GEPF. That has been in the making for years and years. And guys, these guys only started to get involved in buying shares of equities not less than 20 years ago. So all along, mm. the guys were investing most of their money on when it comes to bonds. And that was the guarantee. I mean, we know when it comes to bonds, you know what intent you'll be getting because you know what is the yield that you're getting. You can easily work through up. But, Mark, well, I, I mean, I, I, hear, I hear, I guess, where you're coming from. But many people might argue, uh, and I think I'd be part of these, uh, to say we, we've done from a social protection perspective the approach that says let's allow, in the case of many working people, you know, the government, uh, or sorry, the private sector, to continue to provide that particular service. But what we've seen is runaway fees in some cases. What we've also seen uh, is that it services a very particular niche even within the workforce and there are massive social protection gaps in our entire populace uh, i mean chief among those is the fact that you, you've got a sizable part of your 18 to 59 working age population that has nothing to live off um i mean i would argue that uh, you probably do need some intervention that is a collaborative private and uh, a partnership intervention that at least creates some social protection floor i, I, I hear you but i'll argue differently that um People, whether you are working as if you've got a permanent job, one or the other, you contribute to a provident fund or retirement fund. Your employer mm, puts in a certain way. percentage, mm, you put a certain percentage. Government mm, employees, we know they do that as well. But now the question is, if in the private sector we're complaining about fees, that brings up competition when it comes to that field on retirement funds. Then people will be competitive, they will start charging less fees. Look what happened to our banking sector. We've been complaining about fees. We got the likes of Capitec getting involved. You get the likes of the Zero Bank getting involved, you know. You get the other mm. banks getting involved because they're competing on stuff that consumers have been complaining about. And I think, truth be told, sure. if consumers don't like X, then they have an opportunity to create another player. People will see an opportunity and say, listen, I'll start offering less fees. 
take the JS itself before that is reducing their trading fees, all this kind of fees, because mm. there's competition. We've got other exchanges which are also in the making. So you don't have to kill that part that people don't have an option. And I think if you create as a government an environment that people can be competitive, then that's also good for us as consumers at the end of the day. Nobody is happening with the shopping as well. I mean, before there were only few shopping, uh, I mean, grocery stores that people unfortunately have to deal with. But the very same supermarket, they decided to say, listen, let's come with a cheaper model, start offering lesser prices on other issues, then they call it whether you are useless or your box or whatever it is. What mm. I'm saying is, every time people complain about your service or your fees, whatever it is, it creates an opportunity to get another firm to start imaging and meet the consumer's needs. It, mm. I, it's not affordable at the end of the day. Yeah. Number but one. Markwe, I, I want to come back. I want to come back. Markwe, let me come back to a point you were making earlier. Um, and, and before we, we sort of leave this part here. I mean, I think the numbers show us that, you know, there's been a massive decline, even among the population of people who are employed, a massive decline in the number of people who have some benefit coverage. So a lot of people might be in employment, but many of them are working in precarious jobs where there isn't this situation that you're mentioning of co-contribution. Uh, I mean, we're speaking about onboarding on UIF. Nearly a million domestic workers aren't on UIF as is, uh, which is the basic flaw, let alone private sector, you know, uh, um, retirement or provident fund contribution. So, so there is a massive gap um, outside sure. of maybe the public service and a few sort of well-paid jobs in the private sector. Many people working in the private sector don't have the coverage as is. Um, but, and, but, uh, but I take your point. I mean, that um, I guess there's a question around the role definition of the government. Yeah. Don't you perhaps want to make that Yes. I, is that not what this... No. Yeah. But you, this is what this document is saying, though. No, but you you working for a private company, create an environment that that private company, number one, is not just compulsory to offer retirement of provident funds, but create an environment for the very same private company mm. to, to start making good money because the environment is conducive. Then they'll be able to continue to pay people different salaries. And truth be told, other people, they work, but they get peanuts. But create an environment to say that this yeah. is the minimum wage, this is the living wage, stuff like that. The following things are compulsory. Take an example when it comes to our labor laws. Whether you are working as whatever, you are entitled to a sick leave, as an example. You are entitled to a paid leave, mm. as an example. So all I'm trying to say, stuff sure. like that, that's the regulations that you should be making as government. Because you as government, your job is to create that environment that make sure that businesses thrive. Also, at the same time, make sure that employers mm. don't exploit employees. You cannot say because it's lacking, sure, sure. people don't have enough money to save towards retirement. I will come in as a government or I'll, I'll force people, other people to contribute. Sure, so what sure. happens to that okay. whole issue that I've got Markway? an opportunity to choose? Markwe, I hear you. I hear you. I want us to pause on this particular one. And uh, when we come back, uh, let's talk about Burger King and also, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, tailings business DRD Gold seemingly making a killing.
23 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories. And Markwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Markwe Fund Managers, joins us uh, for our discussion this evening. Markwe, uh, it seems, I guess, rising precious metal prices and uh, some risk aversion in global markets has uh, lifted uh, the showing for DRD Gold. Now, they sort of work gold tailings, and uh, it does seem that uh, this favorable environment has certainly lifted up their boat. Yeah, before that, I, if you may allow me, you know, I think I'll be better off contributing oh, yeah, sure, towards sure. the National Health Insurance to contribute to a fund that maybe is okay, working sure. on education, <laughs> because at the end of the day, you want a healthy and educated nation so that they can be very mm. productive. So, so you like the NHI uh, instead of the NSSF? Oh, yeah, you know, for you to be productive, you need to be healthy, you need to be educated, and you've got mm. a healthy, skilled labor force, and that will help to lift up productivity. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and, and I guess maybe just before we go to the DRD Gold story, I think you raise a very important point, uh, which is, I mean, what do you make of just this whole idea of cross-subsidization in the NHR? W would you apply that to, to an education fund as well? Yeah, something along those lines. Because truth be told, if I'm a company as well, mm. I'll even maybe, instead of them taking my whatever levy uh, that they've been using on the theaters, they can go towards that. Because I, I will be attracted to come invest in your country because I know I'm going to get skilled labor in your country and then that will increase productivity. Mm. For me, that's more attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, Makwe. Uh, certainly, I guess, point well made there. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear from some of our listeners as well. Uh, you can send through some of your voice notes uh, on the 79 uh, on this uh, yeah, new green paper coming out on uh, the National Social Security Fund. And uh, yeah, Mark West is suggesting that uh, he would prefer the NHI um, and uh, a National Education Fund uh, working on the same principle of uh, cross-subsidization. Yeah, do let us know what some of your thoughts would be. Uh, but also, I guess maybe, Mark, before we leave this one, the other element is you know, some of the mandatory minimums that are being suggested here. Are they too much? They're not, truth be told. I mean, they're not. I mean, because they're keeping it at, what, 276000 per annum, that's the max. Mm. So they're not. But the question is, you know, if you, you, you start forcing people and people don't have kind of a choice, so and if people have got an mm. option to do it better somewhere, but no one can debate, yeah, you know, that yeah. people have to be healthy. People cannot debate about whether people have to be educated. That's a must. Yeah, yeah. I think you and I, Mark, we must sit down uh, and draft a submission from, from Metro FM Talk uh, to that green paper process. When they open it up, uh, since the public participation, we're just going to slide our pants uh, and we debate it and we write a very, uh, I guess, a strong uh, input uh, to this particular one. Uh, because I think... Uh, there, there are certain parts of it I would agree with, but also I think there are certain parts, certainly around the targeting, that um, yeah might be, um, I, I probably need a bit more persuading on. Uh, but yeah, what do you make of DRD Gold? Um, I mean, I guess have gold prices been that good? I guess it was expected, you know, they expect their profits to go up by almost 114%, you know, as headline in per share, but because of the good revenue increase of 26%, and the reason revenue is up is because of the gold price, the rent gold price that they managed to receive increased by almost 20%, and at the same time, they managed to increase their volumes when it comes to gold sold. And I, if you've got good pricing and you're selling more, then definitely you are bound to make money. But when it comes to their cost, 
as well. I think they need to look into that because there was an increase of almost 17%. And bearing in mind that now they've got more shares in issue, I think they issued 11% more shares to Sibanya still water. Remember, Sibanya paid almost 1 billion, just over a billion, to acquire that 11%. But yes, the guys don't have that. They've got over 2 billion in cash. I mean, to get a company like that without that, even if should it happen that the gold price goes down, then the guys are still looking okay. Mm-hmm. And, and and when you look at them, I mean, they're not necessarily a gold miner in the traditional sense. I mean, they're yes. a tailings operation. Um, yeah. What has this sort of favorable price environment meant uh, for the quality of the tailings that come out and I guess the, the ability to secure supply? I think they're getting very good quality when it comes to that all because they're one of the largest. And then with the favorable good price, they managed to still get the right grade and they still go back into the market and sell them as gold. They don't sell them as tailings. Remember, you just work on those ways mm. and you try to get gold out of it. So whenever you have done all the processing, whatever that needs to be done, you still go back into the market and sell it as gold. So they continue to do better. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's now shift our attention, I guess, to uh, the inflation numbers that came through uh, for the month of uh, July. And uh, I mean, I know it's in the past, but I guess it does indicate how you know sticky uh, the inflation movements have been over the last while and uh, the implications that might have uh, for the decisions of the Monetary Policy Committee. I think they're looking okay. You know, remember they came from 5.2, then they went to 4.9, now it's 4.6. And if you look at the main culprit, it is transport. It continues not to increase at a very fast pace. And yes, we know that the target for the Reserve Bank is 3 to 6%, but they're happy if they see inflation expectations anchored at uh, 4.5 percent or below and that inflation six months from now and so far things are looking just okay and maybe it confirms that the global story that the current inflation that you are seeing is caused by some of the bottlenecks supply chains concerns so it should be temporary and then with time going forward it should be okay look what happened to the one that we got for the uk it also dipped to two percent the worry someone continues to be that one of the eurozone which passed their target of two percent and it came at two percent Two percent, mm. but yes, should we continue at this rate? I think it lessens the troubles for the Reserve Bank. But we need to bear in mind that not only the Reserve Bank can be able to carry us, we still need the fiscal policies to come into play so that they can help the current monetary policies. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I guess this was uh, quite a topical story over the last few months or so uh, ECP. Uh, Grand Parade, uh, I guess, uh, acquisition of Burger King uh, by ECP from Grand Parade Investments, uh, which was blocked by the competition authorities on public interest grounds. Um, and uh, what do you make of the latest developments here, where it seems, I guess, the parties uh, might uh, find one another and this potentially could go through? It just confirms that sometimes we as analysts or commentators, we just make unnecessary noise. Here they are because we thought what they said is they are not approving. That is going to discourage, you know, foreign investors. Here they are. The guys have found each other. They've agreed to address that issue, which was that, listen, as it is now, Becker King has got almost 60%, you know, uh, owned by their previously disadvantaged, so it was going to move to zero. So the guys are happy to address that. They're not running away, you know, from investors into South Africa, and hopefully it gets to be approved. I think the hearing was today, so maybe in some few days time or so, we should be able to get the results thereof. And remember, 
there were some amendments when it comes to the Competition Act, you know, because remember the Walmart story when they were trying to buy mass market. There were some conditions when it comes to that. The Pepsi Company story when they were trying, when they were buying the Pioneer food. There were some uh, uh, conditions attached to that. And if you look at us, we don't have to shy away from this whole thing of having previously disadvantaged people to have some decent ownership. Yes, well and good. The guys they're looking at spending over just uh, under a billion in say 2026, they will increase the what do you call the procurement back home here. You know, so that's all good. But mm. ownership as well is so important. And the guys they've managed to revisit that. They've drafted an agreement, mm. and yeah. It proves our point that sometimes we just open our mouth. But I, uh, at the end of the day, if you have money, that money has to go and look for good, decent return yeah. somewhere. So you have to work. So as much as we need investments in this country, those investments as well, they need us. Because you cannot sit with a lazy balance sheet. You have mm. to go out and get mm. that money to work. That does not mean we have to be arrogant and stubborn, but we have to be sensible and not shy away from raising concerns. Yeah, and I guess a lot of those concerns, Makwe, are about broadening economic participation uh, because we are faced, of course, as we know, I mean, with a very particular situation in South Africa and a very particular history. Um, and and, and from, your, from where you're sitting, I mean, what, what kind of message do you think, you know, this latest development sends uh, to other investors? Um, I mean, does it send a message that says, you know, um, there is, I guess, scope for a lot of dialogue in South Africa, but people are able to find one another. Or is it saying that if you want to come and operate in South Africa, then, you know, these are the rules of the game? These are the rules of the game. It applies everywhere, whether it's China, U.S., Europe, you name it, Australia. It applies everywhere. People worry about their citizens. People worry about their own, that whatever we agree, that needs to happen in this country. There has to meet conditions that every order of the day is not just going to benefit the investor, but our people as well. Remember, guys, these guys, when they make profits, they will take those profits in the form of dividends back home. So at the end of the day, you also want to benefit as a country. Look at the story that we're complaining about, about the mining companies that are shipping all the money overseas, that are shipping everything overseas. So you don't want that kind of a situation again. And where the government can come and stand the firm and say, listen, we are happy, but you need to meet the following conditions. People, I, at the end of the day, they want certainty, and they work around that. The problem is if we keep on changing things every time, then you start getting people worried yes. because they're uncertain. So as long as people have certainty, people will find a way to work around those rules. Yeah, yes, Makwe, and uh, it's not necessarily about the rules themselves, but it's, I guess, about consistent application of those rules. Uh, Makwe, as always, a pleasure to catch up with you, my brother, and uh, thank you very much uh, for your time. Alistair Oli. Sigma, Ajit.